So I want to talk to us today, especially those, maybe those of us who are here that you've, you struggle with your past. You struggle with past hurts. Uh, maybe there's been deep disappointments. You know, you've tried to move on, but man, there's just certain things that you just can't get over, you know? Uh, and I want to speak a word, and it's something that God did for me, well, I'd say maybe five, six weeks ago. Areas of my life that, that, you know, the Lord's blessed me. I'm walking in faith. I'm believing. But, man, there's just, there, were, there was just some unresolved things and just questions as to why did this happen? You know, maybe you're here and you've, you, know, you tried a business venture and all of a sudden it just kind of blew up on you, right? Or maybe, uh, maybe you tried a, you know, you, there, there was a, a, a relationship that just went south out of nowhere. You know, what, what happened? What, or, or just something that you tried, maybe a career, and it just, the wheel shot off. Uh, we're we're going to talk about that. And we're going we're gonna to adjust our eyes from the past to remember our future. <laughs> we don't have to spend, as, as children of God, we don't have to spend so much time remembering the past. But we have a future we need to remember. Oh, Yeah. Let me focus on that. So with that, we're going to have a little bit of an eye adjustment today. Uh, we're going to tweak our sight and our eyes uh, to, to, to look, look at the right things, to look at the right ways. Uh, the Bible says that uh, when we are saved, that we, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You're, you're something new. He didn't, even, he didn't even call you human. Or a person. Oh, you're a new person in Christ. He called you a creature. You're something different altogether. So you just, well, you, you don't know about my past. It, that's not you. <laughs> you're something new altogether. Say, so what am I? Well, that's, that's what you get to walk out in faith. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are, are being made new. All that stuff, all that mess. And we say it, I mean, I've heard it preached all my life, but there was just some things that I couldn't let go of, right? And I would say, okay, all right, I'm over it, I'm over it, I've, I've, I've forgiven, I'm moving on. And before you know it, it'd come back up, the Holy Spirit would shine a light right back on it and say, no, you just scooted it to the corner of your heart. <laughs> we got to deal with it. And uh, so we're going to talk about that today. Hopefully it'll resi- uh, resound with some of you guys. What we need to do is stop worrying about the past, stop putting so much effort and focus and energy and fretting over things. Because the reality is this. Everyone show me your past. Nobody move at once. Did you bring it in your pocket? Is it out in your car? You can say, well, my, you don't understand my past. Everything happened to me. It was up in North Dakota. Well, I could go to North Dakota with you. And you say, well, yeah, everything happened in this house. Well, I can see a house. I'd be in North Dakota. But where's your past? The, the reality is this. The past doesn't, does not exist, does it? Where's the evidence? So if you're dealing with your past, where is it all taking place at? In your mind. That's why the Bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the wonderful thing about thoughts. You're not your thoughts. 
You're the one who observes your thoughts. And you ultimately think on whatever you choose to think on. So choose to think about something different. <laughs> That's oversimplified, is it? The Bible talks about casting down strongholds, that the weapons of our warfare can cast down strongholds and can bring every thought contrary to the word of God captive. Amen. We can do that. God didn't say, hey, I'll do that for you. He said, no, I've given you the weapons, my word and my spirit, do it. So that's what we're doing today. This is what Paul says in Philippians 3.13. I focus on this one thing. He says, man, I wake up and this is what I focus on. I got a lot of things I can worry about. I mean, think about Paul, think about his history. The very people that he's supporting now, he was actually killing at one point. There, there were believers that were dead because of him. And he gloated about it until God got a hold of him. So he says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Whew, I gotta forget about it. I gotta let it go. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race. I'm not pressing backwards, but I'm pressing on forward. To reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. This is how the message Bible words it. I like it. I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who was so wondrously reached out, who so wondrously reached out for me. I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Man, I love that. I'm not turning back. I'm not going back. I'm not turning my head. I'm not gonna slide that way. Everything was forward. The promises of God doesn't lie in your yesterday. The promises of God are for today and tomorrow. Amen. I love it. We're not, you remember what's that old song? I have decided if I have decided to follow Jesus. Remember? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No there you go. No turning back. Hey, some of y'all grew up in the church with me. <laughs> no turning back. The way that Jesus would put it is count the cost, right? Don't, don't turn back. Jesus talked about if you're building a tower, you count the cost. You, you figure out what you got to do to build that tower. Otherwise, you're going to get halfway done and you're going to run out of supplies and money. And you're going to look foolish. When it comes to this faith journey and fully submitting to him, because that's really what, to walk and live in the kingdom, that's what it takes, full submission to him. Not just, oh, I, I asked Jesus to be my savior. Well, that's good. He, he, we, we need him for salvation. But it's if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord or that he is boss, right? Amen. You got to count the cost. In other words, there's no turning back. That includes your past. There's no need to sit up late at night fretting over things. If the son has set you free, you are free indeed. So what you need is a personal barbecue. <laughs> now I have some of your attention. I start preaching about food. You guys start personal barbecue. 
<laughs> Brunch with the butlers, that's what y'all need. First Kings 19, oh, we'll start with the 19th verse. Now, Elijah, before we read it, Elijah just got through having this incredible encounter with God. You remember, he, he didn't find the, hear the voice of God in the whirlwind, the fire, all the storms, all the ruckus, but he heard the voice of God as a still small voice. And God told him to go anoint a couple of guys to be kings. And then he said, and by the way, go find this guy, Elisha. He's going to be plowing a field and you anoint him because he's going to take your place as prophet of Israel. Ooh, that's huge. I've got to go find my successor. All right, so he does. And I want you to, this, this, is, this is the revelation that God downloaded on me about five, six weeks ago in front of my wife, she, so she can bear witness, and it changed me. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Imagine doing yard work, right? And somebody comes and just throws something, you know? Then he walks away. Now, obviously, Elisha knew what was going on. He felt something. Something changed him. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, and said to him, first, let me go kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, I'm going back. But think about what I have done to you. Count the cost. Consider what this is going to take. So here's Elisha. Check out what, what's taking place in his life. He is plowing with 12 teams of oxen. That's 24 oxen. That's a lot of animals. And he's not plowing. I wouldn't think he'd be plowing by himself. That many oxen, which means he's got guys helping him. So in other words, he's got industry going on. He's got a business going on. I'm assuming he owned all this stuff because of what he does next, which we'll get to. But he, which meant he had, he was making a living. He had industry, possibly employees or servants, which means there, there had to be a level of prosperity and wealth, stability. This was his home because he mentions his father and mother. So this was his community. This was everything. And he must have been doing quite well. And all of a sudden, God throws something on him via the prophet. He receives the call to go pursue the, the office of the prophet, to, to go become the prophet of Israel, to become the mouthpiece of God for a nation. You want to talk about a huge call. That's a huge call in the middle of him doing something wonderful. Man, I'm making a living. I'm planting fields. We're going to have a great harvest. I'm, I'm making work. I'm creating jobs for other people. I got my family with me. This is all great. And notice, he, hear, he feels that call. He senses it. He gets, basically, the prophet's cloak highlights him, right? You, it's you. He runs after Elijah, Right? He's so excited. But notice, his, he goes, hey, let, let me go take care of some things, and then I will follow you. Let me go kiss my father and mother goodbye. 
Let me go. In, in other words, there was still that peace that was still connected to where he was at. And yet when, when Christ calls us, he wants all of us. He wants to be, you know, we all, we used to sing it. Jesus be the Lord of all. You remember that? Jesus be the Lord of all. All of what? The kingdoms of my heart. That's what, that's what we would sing. Is he really the Lord of every part of us, right? To where we follow him with reckless abandon. Notice, hey, I want to follow you. I want to do this, but, but, but I need to take care of some other things. I, I, I'm still connected. I need to, they weren't necessarily bad things. There's nothing wrong with wanting to kiss your father and mother goodbye. But notice what he's, he, it's as if Elijah knew that his heart was torn. And he said, hey, go do what you need to do, but maybe you really need to think about this more. Maybe you need to count the cost. And apparently Elisha did because he never made it back to his parents. So Elisha returned to the oxen, not his parents. He went to the oxen. Oh, he went back to work so he could make that money. Nope, look what he did. He went to the oxen and slaughtered them. Man, what those oxen ever did do to him, right? Slaughtered those oxen. And then he used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He had a barbecue. 24 oxen, that's a lot of meat, man. That is a, that's a barbecue. That's like tailgate party for the whole season. 24 oxen. He has a big old ox barbecue. And then he passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. No, he never made it back to his parents. He counted the cost. He thought about it. He realized, why would he do that? Why wouldn't he just sell the oxen, sell the plows, make some money for it? Then he could live off of that for a while. He was, in other words, he became so committed to the call that he said, I've got to make it to where I have nothing to come back to. I've got to blow this up. I, I, I've, I've got to be all or nothing. This is either swim or sink. I, I can't have an escape route. I've got to burn my boat and stay on the island. So he, he demolished everything. He killed the oxen. Say, well, why didn't he just sell them? Because he could always come back and buy them back if things didn't work out. In other words, this is either going to be my life or it's going to kill me. What an incredible call. That's really walking by faith. That's what he calls us to do. You know, say, well, there's nothing wrong with having things in our life, right? Things just can't have us, right? So you can be blessed. You can have wonderful material things to enjoy. The Bible says that God created the whole world for us to enjoy. But the things can't have you. Well, how do you know if the thing has you or not? Well, would you be willing to give it away if he told you? Say, ooh, I love my house. That's awesome. If he told you to walk away from it, give it away, would you? Ooh, that car. Love my car. Awesome. If he told you, would you give it away? That's trust. Now, that's a whole other sermon. You can start sowing into people's lives like that, and it always comes back to you even more. Uh, Pastor Jerry Savell 
his wife told him to stop giving away motorcycles. He loved motorcycles and he kept giving them away. He went and bought a brand new Harley. It was, it was, was driving at home and the Lord said, you know, this isn't yours, right? And he said, okay, whose is it? And he goes, you remember that guy you met at that Bible college that just got out of prison? There was a big old burly guy that was in Tennessee at a Bible college, just got out of prison, was tattooed, got saved in prison, tattooed up, former biker. He drove it all the way to Tennessee, drugged the whole classroom out, presented it to the guy. The guy just started crying. He said, this is the first time I've ever owned a Harley that I didn't steal. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened? <laughs> His wife said, stop giving away motorcycles. Why? Because God keeps giving them so many more motorcycles. She goes, we don't have anywhere to park them. You know, <laughs> so he gives away cars and motorcycles. It's insane. Uh, he's got so many classic cars, but he goes to these classic car shows. He calls them soul magnets because people come by to look at his cars and he starts preaching to them. And he's led so many people to the Lord. So Pastor Jerry Savell is very blessed. He's got a lot of things, but those things don't have him, right? So this is what Elisha said. said, I've got to make it to where there, I, there's, no, there's no coming back. It's all or nothing. I'm all in with this path that God's got. I don't know where he's sending me. I don't know where he's taking me, but I'm all in. And there's nothing to come home to. Ain't no home no more. You ever get to a place in life, you know, you grow up and you finally hit an age and you realize there's no, <laughs> there's no more going home. There's not a home to go back to. So home better be wherever I'm at, right? That's, that's how we are with the kingdom. If, if you're here and you're wondering, why did some things go up in smoke in my life? Why did that explosion take place? Uh, if, you go, if you'll allow me, I'll be very transparent about this. There were two things from my past that I just, I, it, they would come back up in my spirit. And one of which, both of which, was a price I had to pay to continue to pursue what God had for me and the call that God had for me. And in a lot of ways, some of it has to do with me shepherding this church. Uh, one was my whole spiritual, and, and I'll, I'll try to be sensitive because it does involve other people, and I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus. I'm telling you the, the path I had to walk out of of deliverance. Uh, my, my whole spiritual network, my spiritual home, uh, the, the, the church in which I grew up in, uh, was mentored in, uh, was shepherded in, did most of my, uh, uh, spent more than 22 years of uh, pastoral ministry as youth pastor and then associate pastor. All, that whole network that, that I assume was gonna still be the foundation when I came here to pastor, it blew up. It blew up. And the way I would describe it at the time to people is like, man, when I left, it was like the door was shut, it was welded closed, the doorknob <laughs> knocked off, and the bridge blown up, right? Uh, it was always assumed that I would be the heir apparent to step in and, and pastor when the time came. And the Lord had other plans, you know? In, in January of 2018, I was invited, hey, come pastor the neighborhood. Come, you've already been doing it from your porch, come pastor. Five months later, I stepped in to pastor. Everything kind of blew up. At the time, I felt exiled. At the time, I felt rejected. At the time, I felt homeless. It hurt. A lifetime of relationships and spiritual networks. I, you know, uh, uh, some of these folks were family far more than my blood relatives. And I never could, I would, I would forgive, think I would forgive, and then it would come back up. And it's like, why, what happened? I, 
I was fe- I, I thought I was blessing people. Yeah, he blessed people on the way out of town, man. I thought I blessed everyone on the way out of town. Uh, and then those of you who, who have walked with me for, for all these years, you know, about, about a year later, you know, I'm still just kind of figuring out what, what took place there. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, my family at the time blew up. And here I was pastoring a young church in the middle of a divorce. That's not heard of usually, you know? And mo- most of y'all know the story. I offered my, uh, uh, called the board and offered my resignation. And most of them, since it was the board at the time was really just Bob and Howard, and both of them were businessmen, they said we declined that offer and we counter offer with this. You stay put and you walk in grace and love and accountability and the church and its, and its seed form is gonna understand grace and love and mercy and accountability and God's gonna take care of all this. And, and I praise God for that. But even at the same time, after all of that took place, uh, there was just some, a lot of damage that, that happened internally within my family. Uh, and even, even that caused uh, damage to, to even me and my girls. And that, that hurt more than anything else. And, and you know, why, why did things blow up like that? Why did, now God has blessed, blessed me. Those of you who've walked with me, you've seen how much God's blessed me. Everything I preach, I've lived. <laughs> so when I tell you, stay walking in faith because God will take care of you, I'm living proof of that. Man, he's taking, the biggest way he's taking care of me is Erica. You know, bringing this woman, she's the best woman I know, praise God. She, she uh, y'all pray for her, she's got a high calling. <laughs> to keep pastor out of trouble, <laughs> right? She's, she's raising her kids and having to raise me. Uh, but, so, so don't get me wrong, man, I am blessed. But how many of you understand you can still be walking in the kingdom and blessed, but still haunted by, like, what happened? And, and, and feelings of resentment and anger. And you, you want to let go of it, but How? I don't think I'm the only one in the room that's had to struggle with that. And the Lord, and, and uh, this is how God uses my wonderful wife. She's, she's always reading the word and, and, and devotions and stuff. And so she, I preach to you guys. She preaches at me at home. Y'all say, well, how, how's the preacher get any preaching? Trust me, God speaks through this woman. She preaches to me. But she was sharing with me a devotion that was based on this uh, scripture in 1 Kings. And, and so I started talking to her and I was like, you notice what, Elisha did, he, he actually did it to where he, he burnt the oxen and ate them, man. They had a barbecue. So he was saying, hey, I'm, there's nothing for me to, nothing to come back to. If this fails, I ain't got nothing to come back to. So this can't fail. I got to make this work. And the Lord told me, he said, exactly. He said, do you not realize those two fires were just a couple of oxen barbecues. You're holding against people because you think they're the ones that welded the door shut and blew the bridge up. He said, that was me. That was my pyro. <laughs> and I said, Lord, no, I know what was said. I know the things that were, he said, no, no, no. He said, you don't, want, you don't understand. God will use the strengths of people to bless you. And God will also use the flaws of people to bless you. And he told me, son, not every blessing smells good. 
if you need to understand what that means, broccoli is really good for you. Isn't it, Isaac? You, you try to feed them kids broccoli, don't you? That, that's an educational thing. It don't smell too good when you're cooking it. <laughs> right? I actually like cabbage. Cabbage don't smell too good when you're cooking it. Oh, but it's good for you. Broccoli's good for you. There's some things God will permit to happen and even cause to happen. He's, so he told me, he said, why are you holding people, something against people who were only doing what I told them to do? And it dawned on me, he had to make it to where I had nowhere to go back to. I came over here to pastor. Oh, that's a whole other story. Those of you who are here from the start will remember about the first year or so there was a little, you know, some turbulence, right? Church is trying to get up and, and running. Uh, not everything is hunky-dory all the time. Not everything is, you know, you, you get into, you, you sputter and spit and, bup, 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 and then finally, you know, you're flying. But uh, during that, really the first six months, <clears throat> there were some things that took place that I thought every week, I was like, I, I did hear you, right? I'm sp- this is where I'm supposed to be, right? Yes. Just, be, just have faith. Be patient. Okay. And, and the reality is, during those six months, had I had something to go home to, I may have been tempted. And I wouldn't have stayed the course. But he had to make sure my ox, my plows were burnt. There are some things that you've wondered in your life. Why? Why did that just explode? Why did that collapse? Why did that? Don't be surprised if it was him. Because he has such a call on your life He demands full submission. He has to be your all in all. He actually told me this. He said, you served that church and the ministry there far more than you served me. That's weighty. He said, in your your previous family construct, you feared your family more than you feared me. Well, that's convicting. What do you mean? And we've all been there in some, some capacity, some of us have, where you say, God says, hey, I want you to do this. And you go, whew, I would love to. You better go talk to that one first because this ain't going to go over well. That's idolatry. I was in a heap mess. If I was going to go where God wanted me to go, he was going to have to be my all in all. He was going to have to be everything, my source for everything. It had to be all or nothing. And with, when those in my life who were not willing to walk the same route, things collapsed. And it's hard and it hurts. But man, to realize, you did it, Lord. You, you made it to where I couldn't go back to any of it. You know? When, when I walked through the, the, you know, that collapse in family, you know, God knew my heart. If, if within a year of my, my kids would have begged me, Dad, just this, this is horrible. Can you try something, work something out? I would have taken one for the, for the team, man, just anything for my kids. But even they were in a position that they're like, no, 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 stay put, Dad, stay put. Don't worry about anything. God's going to work this out. I couldn't even go back. There was nothing to go back to. Everyone's still here? Is it too heavy? (laughs) 
too transparent? Am I too naked? Don't look back. There's nothing to look back to now. Woo, all I got is a wonderful present and an incredible future. My wife was playing uh, that, that old hymn today on our, our little echo. She's getting ready for church. So I just feel like something good is about to happen. Y'all remember, some, some of you remember that? Some of y'all looking at me like I'm not the only old person in the room. <laughs> all right. Well, I re- we remember it. So. Y'all remember. I just feel like something good is about to happen. Nothing. I just feel like something good is on the way. Y'all went to some boring churches. That's all I know. <laughs> and brother, this could be just any day. It's a good song. In other words, it's the spirit of expectancy. Here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be preaching a series called Great Expectations, Stealing It from Dickens. He's not alive anymore to sue me. So, but we can begin to expect some great things. So start looking forward. Don't look back. Don't look back. Matter of fact, Jesus put it this way in Luke 9, 62. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back to the things behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Does that mean, oh, I can't go to heaven if I look back? No, it has nothing to do with eternal salvation. It's talking about living in the kingdom. What we, what we teach the kingdom is here. We have the kingdom right now that we get to operate in. Part of operating in the kingdom is just letting go of that past. What Paul said, this is the one thing I focus on. Forget the past, I'm looking to the future. So, so if you want to operate in the kingdom, you got to let those oxen barbecue just simmer down back there. Matter of fact, I was in Branson at a, at a minister's conference that I just went to, Branson, Missouri, a few weeks ago. There were a few of, there were, there were actually a few of the folks that were part of that calamity, that collapse of spiritual network that was there. And I was so free. You know, they walked in the room and I just said, Lord, look at that barbecue. <laughs> Not in an insulting way, but just in a way of, I'm free. You meant it this way. I, I can't go back. There's nothing for me to go back to. So now all I, have, all, now all I owe them is love. Went over and just hugged their necks. Told them I loved them. And I'm good. Why? Because God's got something for me now and for my future. And it just doesn't involve that anymore. Right? The message says it this way. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Notice how that's opposite of what Elisha said. Elisha said, okay, I want to follow you, but let me go do this. No, 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 no. Seize the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now faith is a substance of things hopeful. Not, not yesterday's faith. Now faith. <laughs> Instant. The kingdom of God is here. It's within you. It's now. It's present. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God, we don't have to wait to go to heaven to have heaven right here. Amen? Amen. So I want you to remember the future. This week, if you start trudging up memories that you just, you got to let go of, rack them up to Lord, that's just ox barbecue. Thank you. Thank you for tailgating in my life. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to remember the past. I'm going to remember the future because this is what God says. We all know this, Jeremiah 29, 11. 
For I, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Let's all stand as the musicians come up here. This is how the message says it. I love this. God says, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> God, God, I ever say that. To, he said it to me plenty of times. I'm like, Lord, I need you to move. And here, this is how you do Hey, 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 hey. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Woo! Anyone have any hopes for the future? Anyone dream? I'll be talking about this in the next few weeks. You know what the Lord said to me? It was several weeks ago. I was sitting, sitting there in Fort Worth hearing a bunch of preachers preach. And man, God was talking to me that whole week. And he said, he said, don't come to me with your needs. I know your needs. Talk to me about your wants. You know how like when you're making your budget, you, you say, okay, here's a need. Oh, but that's a want. <laughs> I got to put that off. I got to take care of my needs. This is a want, right? And it's almost as if wants start being negative. Like you almost feel bad, right? Ah, I feel bad that I want that because I really need to take care of my needs. He said, talk to me about your wants. Talk to me about your dreams. We're co-laborers. Let me partner with you on this. And it dawned on me, I haven't dreamt in a lot of years. I mean, I dream when I go to sleep. I have weird dreams, right? Probably because of what I eat. <laughs> Too much ox. Uh, Too much ox. Uh, but I mean, I, I haven't permitted myself to dream in so long. And yet that's what God is telling his people right now. I got your needs taken care of. I said I would provide your needs. Matter of fact, my word says I know them before you even speak them out to me. Tell me about your wants. You want me to talk to you about your dream, my dreams? Yeah. And he said, if I'm your pastor, if I'm your shepherd, because he is, he's the good shepherd, he's the pastor. Psalms puts it this way. The Lord is my shepherd, my pastor. I shall not, whoo, he'll take care of your dreams too. Mm. All right, I'm getting way ahead of myself for a few weeks. Father, I love you. Oh, I wish I could put into enough English to explain how I love you. Thank you. How can we hold anyone accountable, God, when sometimes people are obeying? They, they weren't even aware that they were obeying you, <laughs> but they were. Because you had to blow some things up in our life. You were so crazy about us and so determined that we would learn to walk by faith, that you made sure that there were some things we just couldn't go back to, that we were free to let it go. I don't know why you had to be so dramatic about it, Lord, but apparently I needed you to be. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten the message. So Father, I speak freedom over this whole congregation. I speak love and peace forgiveness, release. Whew, we can let it go. Yes, sir, I'll tell him about it. All right, he just, he just told me to tell you all this. Manasseh, that's the name he threw at me now, Manasseh. 
that was the firstborn of Joseph, when Joseph was in Egypt. You want to talk about exile, man. He was in Egypt, away from his brothers. Second in command. The only person higher than him was Pharaoh himself. Pharaoh gave him an Egyptian name. I don't even remember it. Probably couldn't pronounce it if I remembered it. But when he had a son, he gave him a Hebrew name, and it was Manasseh. And it meant to forget. He said, because God has caused me to forget the loss of my father's house. Second son was Ephraim, which means blessing. He said, because God has blessed me in a foreign land. But that first son, Joseph, what's your son's name? Manasseh. That's weird. That's Hebrew. What's it mean? Forget. Why? Because there were some things I had to just forget about. I had to let it go. My brothers did me so wrong. I just had to let it go. Look how God's blessed me. Why? I think it has something to do with barbecue. Elijah and Elisha weren't even around yet. I said, I don't know why I had to let it go. But it sure smelled good when I did. Father, thank you. Help us, Holy Spirit, to release the ox barbecues in our life and to be walking freedom so that now we can have some great expectations. But we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If anyone needs prayer for anything, I'm going to be hanging out in the corner a little bit. Feel free to come have me pray for it. Or better yet, grab your neighbor. They're just as full of God as I am. Ask them to pray with you. And let's all just worship together. Matter of fact, we got a reason to celebrate now. Because if you weren't free before, you've heard enough word to set you free. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. He's absolutely free. So let's celebrate one more time together and the freedom that he has brought into our life. Amen.